Today is ours. Let's live it. And love is strong. Let's give it. A song can help. Let's sing it. And peace is dear. Let's bring it. The past is gone. Don't rue it. Our work is here. Let's do it. The world is wrong. Let's right it. The battle is hard. Let's fight it. The road is rough. Let's clear it. The future fast. Don't fear it. Is faith asleep? Let's wake it. Because today is ours. Let's take it. Hey, beautiful people. This is your girl, Arielle Dominique, coming to you with another episode of our podcast, Say It With Your Breast Podcast. I am coming to you on this Sunday afternoon to give you a little message of encouragement, motivation, um, and expansion. And I say that because I've taken the weekend to kind of just be quiet with myself, hang out with myself, get to know myself a little bit better. Um, and I think maybe this message that I'll have for you will be a message that you can take back with you and whatever it is that might be, um, on your mind lately. Um, so here we go. This weekend, I decided that I needed to take a breather and this is why I am so excited that I will soon be a part of a late night talk show. And it's going to be a cool, different platform that I'll also be able to incorporate the podcast into. So it's going to be pretty dope. It's going to be based in New Orleans. I'm not going to tell you that much more about it, but it's going to be a late night talk show with beautiful, smart, entrepreneurial black women. And we're going to have some really, really cool stuff to talk about and do on the show. And I'm really excited about it. And so we're in the, the process of planning it. And one of the questions that was asked that we, you know, have to think about before we start branding things and, you know, thinking about logos and all this good stuff for the show um, was, you know, what is our individual superlative going to be? Just to kind of give us an idea going into the show, um, like, you know, what our personalities are like, like what's the main core, core denominator um, for each individual uh, host. And so we're going around, everybody's kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm into this and this is my thing and whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't even fucking know. Like, I kind of feel like I have so many things that I do and so many things that I'm interested in doing that I don't even freaking know right now how to put all of that into one word. So I was hella confused. And so we, part of that, um, part of what we have to do is also, writing our bios and, you know, just like a little snippet on ourselves, blah, 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 whatever. I wrote and rewrote my bio several, several, several times. Okay. Several times because I just could not figure, like what I was saying to me was just so surface level. So I was like, okay, let me put some more stuff in there that's a little deeper so people can understand a little bit about my background. Not everything because 
I mean, clearly I've been alive almost 30 years. That's a lot to put into, you know, a few paragraphs or a few snippets. So I was like, okay, this is really bothering me that I can't answer these questions. Like I can't tell someone in one word what I'm about. I mean, I could just say love, but that's too easy. That's, that's, that to me is just a cop out. I have to do better. So I was like, okay, I have to think about this. And the fact that I was so confused made me realize I needed to take a break. So that was why I decided this weekend, although I was getting invitations to do all kinds of fun stuff with fun people that I really love, I needed to just say no. To learn to just say no so that I could have some time to be with myself. Think about what the hell am I doing? So I hope that maybe this message will help some of you who might be in my shoes um, or may have been in my shoes at some point, and maybe you just need a refresher that, um, at the end of the day, whatever it is that you do does not necessarily mean that's who you are. Okay. So I have a few points that I want to make, and this episode probably won't be very long, but I'm going to just kind of tell you from my point of view. And, and like I said, hopefully it helps you out. So the first thing I thought about was, okay, what are my patterns? Like, what are the things that I've been doing since probably I was like a young child, you know? And I watched this YouTube video that was about the first seven years of your life and how the first seven years of your life, your brain is in theta, T-H-E-T-A. Your brain is in theta. And theta is pretty much, if not the same, because I'm not the scientist behind this, And I'm not going to tell you it is exactly the same. It probably is the same, but I don't remember everything he said. I just remember the things that touched my heart. And what he said was, you know, our brains between those ages are in theta. And our brains in theta is the same thing as a brain in theta under hypnosis. And that the things that we experience and the things that we learn are programmed in us, not as a negative but simply programmed in us, like the matrix. And in order for us to survive in this world, we learn the rules. We learn the rules from our parents, our grandparents, our siblings, our school environment. We learn from someone somewhere how to be, how to talk, how to behave, how to survive, ultimately, how to survive in this world. So I went back to my seven-year-old self and my six and five-year-old self, and I thought to myself, okay, what did I learn? early on, I remember a very specific moment where I learned that my opinions and my thoughts were not going to necessarily be the same as that of the collective. I remember that moment sitting in the back of my mom's Volvo and I asked her, how do we know about Jesus? How do, how do the people in China know about Jesus? How is it possible and this was like, this was my little brain. Honest to God, y'all, I was probably like six or seven years old. I really want to say I was seven because I, I kind of remember being a little bit older than like little. And seven to me is like where you stop being little. You start to like really know about the world. And my brain was wondering this. And I was like, okay, we okay, Jesus was over here though. So how did the people in China learn about him? Is there like another Jesus? Like my, my brain was just like, what the, where... I I was really wondering about this, y'all. And I remember my mom just kind of being like, don't ask questions like that. Like, it it was kind of just like, I don't even know how to explain it. 
I just remember not fighting back on this, like not really needing to know the answer because I felt like that was my answer. Like I knew, I already knew in my heart that there was something more that I hadn't learned, but I didn't know what it was. But I knew that at that moment, something was not connecting for me. And my mother's a pastor. My dad is a deacon and a minister in, 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 in himself. And I've always been in church my entire growing up life. I have those black church experiences that, I mean, we laugh about on, on Instagram and Twitter because it's just fucking hilarious because we know that the shit is funny. Like there's so many hypocrisies and so many um, ironic situations in church that is just funny. Now, don't get me wrong. Church is great for like um, learning about yourself and communion and being and learning the lessons of Jesus. Like those, there are very positive lessons of Jesus Christ, very positive messages. And learning as an adult to decipher what was positive and what was useful and what was not is was a process for me. It was a process that included reading books, asking questions, sometimes even just being quiet. Even just being quiet and listening to other people's conversations in and out of church was my way of learning what I did and didn't believe. Like, it just, I trust, trusting my gut. Anyway, so I watched this YouTube video, you know, years one through seven, how important it is. So at that moment, I thought, okay, I learned at a young age that I have opinions, I have intuition, and those opinions and my intuition might not necessarily fit that of the general public. Okay, that was one lesson. Then I thought about growing up, getting older, and the fact that a lot of what I did for a lot of my life was helping other people, giving people advice. Like that was a huge part of my friendships. And that was a huge pattern for me was that I was an advice giver. I was always helping people with their problems, their relationships, even my parents, even my parents, I would give them, like I was dropping knowledge, like dropping knowledge on my mom sometimes. She didn't even know what to say to me. You know what I'm saying? And so I thought about that and I was like, okay, I'm an advice giver. Um, That doesn't mean I know everything, but I'm an advice giver. So I thought about that. So I'm like, okay, I got a couple lessons that I've learned in my life. One, I've learned about intuition. My intuition was very important to me. And the fact that I kind of give advice, you know, like kind of old soul up in here. I've been here maybe before. So then I thought to myself, okay, now what is the purpose behind me giving advice to people? Not only from a child, but all the way up to now. I've taught dance. I've been a counselor and a social worker. Um, I have, you know, written books that I'm hoping that will be published. Y'all keep your fingers crossed for me. Um, they're children's books, but they're still advice books for children. And so I'm thinking to myself, okay, what is the purpose behind the things that I do and how I really am? And how can I sum that up in this one word? Because they're asking us to come up with this one word. And I started thinking, you know what? I'm really into empowerment. Like maybe I'm the, the empowerment one. Like I'm the one that's all about self-empowerment, empowering others, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. Part of empowerment, oop, part of empowerment is motivation. Okay, I'm I'm really into motivation and, and and motivating others. And then I realized, okay, all of that is cool, but why am I tired? Why am I feeling like unfulfilled as I'm helping others? Like I'm helping others, but why do I feel 
unfulfilled and tired and drained. There's got to be more to this. So I started thinking, okay, for me, what's very, very important is my intentions. The intentions behind what I do is what drives me. And so one of the videos that I saw on YouTube, you know, one of those suggested videos, because they know what I like, was a video that said, um, stop chasing your passions. And I'm like, whoa, got to watch that. So, okay. So I watched the video and what I got out of the video was don't chase your passions, chase what energizes you. Whoa, drop the fucking mic. Okay. I was like, that makes so much sense. So I want you guys to think about your passions. Think about the things that you really, really love. Now, mind you, we're human beings. We're passionate about a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm just as passionate about like the right lip gloss as I am about children's rights. Okay, that is just passion. It's an emotion. Okay, I'm just, when you use the word passion, you're already saying it's a strong emotion. Well, yeah, we're human. There's so many things that we're passionate about. But does that mean that everything we're passionate about has to be what we use our time on? Because not everything we're passionate about is going to refill us. Not everything we're passionate about is going to bring us to our higher self. And that was when the light bulb went off in my head. And I made a list in my mind. Okay, I said, what are all of my passions? I'm passionate about children's rights human rights, female rights. I'm passionate about people living their own lives and living their truths in a healthy way. I'm passionate about healthy eating. I'm passionate about fashion and modeling and acting. I love that. I'm passionate about music and songwriting. And then I thought to myself, okay, I'm passionate about real estate. And as you know, if you're a friend of mine or if you know me or if you've seen anything I post, I don't know. Um, I'm a real estate agent as well here in New Orleans. And so I was like, okay, I'm passionate about all these things. And I've been chasing my passions, but that is the problem. I'm literally doing everything because I think that chasing those things is going to make me be my higher self, like get closer to my higher self. And it's not real. It's not. It's exhausting. And taking time this weekend to really think about what is my word going to be, I'm like, you know what? I got to slow down. And what I'm, I have to really decide not just what I'm passionate about, but what energizes me out of all of those passions, out of all those passions, music, fashion, um, kids rights, because I really like kids. I'm really good with kids. Um, what else did I say? Real estate, um, helping other people. What energizes me in return? And I realized that music energizes me. Music and performing arts has, those things have always energized me. So then I said, okay, if I think about my life, I've always put what I'm passionate, no, 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 what energizes me second to what I need, like, you know, basic needs, money. And a lot of people that have been, uh, that are very successful have said this several times, that if you chase what you're passionate about, even though I don't like that, that word, so I'm going to change it. If you chase what you're energized from, if you do that, then the money will come. And I've noticed that in my life, I've done the opposite. You know, I've had to make money, duh, like all of us do. We have to make money. But I realized that 
I haven't really dedicated the time and the energy and the space for what energizes me like I should. And so that's a conscious effort. That's a conscious decision that I decided to make recently was to put more time and energy and effort and focus into what energizes me and pray to God that the money will come. Okay. So that was one thing. So I got to my superlative of I'm the motivating one. That's it. I try to motivate people, but I don't want to motivate people direct. I don't want to say I don't want to motivate people directly because I'm motivating you directly right now. I'm not trying to exhaust my soul and my spirit motivating other people. I would like my actions to speak for themselves. I would like my actions to be the number one reason people are motivated, that you are motivated to do and be what you want and who you are, and find your superlative. That's your homework. Find what is that one thing that drives your energy. You know, I realize that I love real estate, but I like real estate because, yes, it's motivating. It's motivating for other people to make moves towards, um, you know, extra money and being their own boss. And that's what I love about it. I love about music that you can empower people through sound and music is healing for me. If, I, if I'm having a stressful day, my heart's racing and beating fast, I just put music on. I just put music on, you know, um, and I realized that the other things I'm passionate about, I have given time to in my life and now it's time for me to do what energizes me right now. And I hope that you also find your superlative, your one word that helps you define your purpose. And you know, one of the things I hope I can teach my children in the future is that there isn't really right and wrong. There isn't, um, there isn't right and wrong. There is what serves your purpose and what doesn't serve your purpose. And what serves your purpose is that which energizes you, that which makes you um, whole, comforted, happy joyful, excited. That's what energizes you. That is purposeful, driven life. And I feel like at times I have lived, I have lived, (laughs) making up words, I have lived a purpose driven lie. (laughs) Drop the mic on that one. A purpose driven lie. Because the purpose was there. I still wanted to um, empower people. I still wanted to motivate people. The intention to do that, that's me. That's who I, that's part of who I am. That's a core, core part of who I am. So that's not, that's, my intentions are, are still pure. But at the end of the day, what I was seeing in front of me was not connected to where I really wanted to be. So it was a lie. It wasn't a lie coming from me, but it was still a lie coming from me that I created because I put myself in situations where I could be motivating. I put myself in situations where I could empower people, but I put myself in situations that weren't helping me really grow. Now, I have no regrets. I have no regrets because my higher self within me knows how to make things happen. And I would not have met the people that I've met in my life who have helped me so much in Getting to where I want to be, I would not have met them. And I want to name them by name, but I'm not going to do that. But I would not have met them. Had I not decided to put 
myself in situations where I could help other people in certain ways, I would not have met those people. And the people that I met helping others are the people that are now helping me. And that's straight up my higher self. That's the universe. That's God. That's love. Making sure that I'm okay. That no matter what situation I do put myself in, my higher self knows how to make it work. Knows how to make um, things come to me that's, that needs to come to me. And I believe that. And I have no regrets. None. None. And I mean that. I'm so grateful for where I am. Now, my last point before I um, end this episode with you guys is something that I kind of talked about just now, but I didn't name it by name. So I want to talk about it because it's important to me. And it's important to this message that I want to give you on this beautiful Sunday. Was the law of attraction. The law of attraction is something that we hear. And I just talked about my higher self drawing to me what I need. Okay. So in that sentence, I'm kind of talking about the law of attraction, but I'm not, I wasn't naming it by name for a reason. So I want us to think about this. Okay. When we talk about the law of attraction, a lot of times we are talking about something outside of us coming to us. Something outside of us coming to us. And the reason that I wanted to make a point about this is because I've had time to, to watch some videos, do some meditating, think about it, ponder, etc. And I realized that the law of attraction can be a little misleading. Not in what it is, but in how we interpret it. Okay? So a lot of times we're thinking about the law of attraction as something over there is going to come over here. Something over there that's different and separate from me is going to come over here and be a part of me. And I think that's where we get ourselves, um, dis- that, that's where a lot of disappointment comes from. Because our ultimate thinking is that we don't already have that thing because that thing is different over there. Now, I'm not here to burst anybody's religious bubbles. That's not my intention. But the next statement that I'm going to make may or may not make your brain spaz the hell out, okay? But we believe ultimately, and I'm not going to say ultimately, a lot of us believe that God is everything, everywhere, all the time, okay? And a lot of us also believe that not only is God everywhere, uh, all the time, you know, omnipotent, etc., but that there's also this other thing, like there's this other energy, there's this other contradiction to God okay and we believe that at the same time and because this is so um deeply 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 rooted in us from those seven first seven years of life we are kind of programmed to believe that there is something separate from God now if there can be something separate from God then there can be something separate from me because God is God and I am me. And so we have this idea in our brain that what's over there is separate. What's over here is me. Okay. I would like us to use our brain right now to just imagine a different possibility. I'm not trying to burst anyone's bubbles or offend anyone. I just want us to think of a different possibility. That there is a possibility that what's over there is not actually separate from us. That what's over there is us. That what's over there is not even really over there because there is no space between us. Okay? I'm not trying to be Kanye over here, y'all. Really not. I'm not trying to sound crazy. 
okay? And some of the stuff Kanye says makes perfect sense to me, but I'll be thinking about other stuff, so we're not gonna go there, okay? But let's focus. What's over there is really us. Whatever it is, however it looks, whatever shape or form it has taken, it's still us. That God, if we believe that God is everything, then God is that over there too. If we can believe, if there's a possibility that God could be over there too, and God could be over there and over there and over there and over here and up here and under there, then so can we. And if we can be what God can be, I'm not saying that we're God, but I'm saying we're God. If we can be what God can be, then the law of attraction is kind of, um, we need to clarify it. We need to clarify what we mean when we say the law of attraction. When we say that thing over there, we need to say we already have it because we are it. We are that better job. We are it. Okay. So what we attract is what we are. So I believe that the law of attraction is totally real. And I believe that the law of attraction should be interpreted a little bit better and should be interpreted as I am not attracting that thing over there to me. I am attracting me to me. I am attracting me to me. So if I decide right now that I'm going to be a motivator, that I'm going to be someone who motivates people through art. <laughs> Ooh, that just came to me. Y'all I got chills. I didn't even, I hadn't even thought about that, but that's, that's, Damn it, that was great. Thank you, universe. I needed that one. If I have decided that I am going to be the motivator through art, okay, and the expression of art is going to be how I motivate people, then I hope and believe and must believe that that is what I will attract. And that is the other thing that we have to believe is belief. Everything changes us, you guys, and we change everything in return. Do not tell me, excuse me, do not tell me that when you are in love, your body doesn't change because it does. Your cells on a molecular level change. Women who could not have children maybe with that particular partner who might not have been the right partner for you in the first place, when they find themselves in a healthier place with a healthier person, with a happier love, the cells in their body literally change. They find themselves able to have a baby, maybe that they couldn't have had before. Or maybe it is the same person, but the energy that the two of you have created is different, is higher now. Just using that as an example, but it could be anything. But don't tell me that when you go to that job that you hate, that you don't have a headache, a stomach ache, your heart's not beat, re racing really fast. That is a molecular change, you guys. That's molecular. It is. So when you're talking about attraction and attracting yourself to yourself, then in order to attract that thing over there, you have to work on yourself. And we say this all the time, but the belief behind it isn't the strongest. We're not really believing this stuff sometimes. We say it because it sounds good. We say these little catchphrases. We talk about, oh, I'm gonna you know, think positive things. But are we really allowing ourselves to change on a molecular level? Now let's go back to the first seven years of our life. First seven years of our life, we're in theta. 
We are taking in everything. We are being programmed. How do we change that program now that we know that we've been programmed? And now that we know our purpose, and now that we know that program does not necessarily fit our purpose. Okay? That's everything I've been talking about this whole episode. We talked about the programming. We talked about our purpose. Now, what do we do when our our program does not match our purpose and where we see ourselves going in our life? We got to change the program. We have to change ourselves at a molecular level. This is not just journaling. This is not just a vision board. This is journaling, a vision board, meditation, and actually believing what you see on that vision board. Believing what you're doing in your body when you're meditating. What you're doing um, in your life. Taking the actions even before you're ready to take the actions. Take the actions because you believe that when you when you take those actions, it will change you on a molecular level. And when it changes you at a molecular level, you will attract more of that to yourself because that is what you are. So whether it's the job that you really, really want, whether it's the man or the woman that you really want, whether it's the baby that you really want, whether it's the money that you really want, believe that you will be put in a position on a molecular level to have those things. And I had to really deep down talk to myself like, yo, have you really allowed yourself to change on a molecular level? Have you really allowed yourself to program yourself in a new way have you allowed it I feel like sometimes I allow it and I'll be doing you know I'll be meditating and 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 not that you have to meditate to do it but let's be real in order to get our brains in a theta state in order to get our brains in a place where it can be reprogrammed it takes silence if you toss a rock in a ocean full of waves It does nothing. It does nothing. If you toss that same rock into a pond that is still, it creates ripples upon ripples upon ripples upon ripples that go out and go out and go out and go out. So I'm going to leave you with that. I'm going to leave you with that because we're at at about 30 minutes. I want to leave you with that. That your homework, I'm going to give you some homework. Number one is to actually look at the patterns of your life. Go back to when you were seven years old. Between the ages of maybe like three to seven, but it's really that whole time between birth and seven years old. I want you to write a list of all of your patterns. Just write a list of the things. And it might be one thing. Like I told y'all, I shared my story That was one moment. Now, there were several things that happened in my life between the ages of one and seven that have impacted me. But what's crazy is as, and if I told y'all those things, y'all would not believe it. As, As out of the box as those things were, as harmful as those things could have been to me, they were not as, um, impactful to me as that one moment that I shared with y'all. That's like really crazy to me. Because if I told y'all those things, y'all, y'all, you would think I was, I was like a a more damaged person, but those things didn't impact me as much. So I want you to look at years one through seven and really determine what was a moment 
that programmed you? What what in in those years really programmed you that you can relate to how you are right now, the things that you do, the patterns you have right now? Now, second thing I want you to do is to ask yourself, what is your one word? Your one word, and that that's going to make you figure out your purpose. That's going to make you really look at the patterns of your life and go, what is my one thing? If I had to describe myself, not just myself right now or in the past, but where I see myself, what is that one connective thread in my life? Okay, that's the second thing I want you to do. For me, it was it's the motivating one. I am the motivating one. And how do I want to motivate people? Through art, creative expression. Okay, I want you to do that for yourself. And the last thing I want you to really think about is how you can, what's what's the one, one, one thing you can do next to change yourself on a molecular level? Real talk, change yourself on a molecular level. Whether that's meditating more, sleeping more, drinking less alcohol, working out, getting on the exercise bike for 15, 20 minutes a day, um, journaling. It needs to be something that silences your mind. So for some people, exercise does silence their mind. It is meditation for them. Yoga, Pilates, running, boxing is meditation for them. So don't judge yourself if what you want to do to silence your mind is different from everybody else you know. It doesn't matter. Think about what it is that you want to do. Okay? Think about what it is that you want to do that silences your mind, that will change you on a molecular level. Okay, so again, number one, years one through seven, what programmed you? Number two, what is your superlative? What's your one word? What's your one purpose? And don't think about purpose so much. Think about your one word. Think about the superlative, okay? And number three, how can you change yourself at a molecular level and do it? Go change yourself. Because when you change yourself, you're going to attract to you more of that. You're going to put yourself in a position to be the person who's going to have the things that you want. We're not asking for material things, even though we can. You're manifesting all the time, you guys. All the time. Even when you're sleeping, and you're manifesting all the time. You're creating your reality all the time. But it's what you have the most control over that I want you to focus on. And that is changing yourself. Okay? So that what you, man, what you manifest will be second nature. You're going to reprogram yourself. It's going to be second nature. If you've ever read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you've heard this before. That rich people stay rich and poor people stay poor. And it's because of our programming. And whether or not we have the willpower and the tools, you guys, don't get me started on this because I'm about to take us into a whole nother episode, but whether or not we have the tools to reprogram ourselves. And I think part of what I learned when I did counseling, especially with young children, was teaching them, and y'all, this is so real, especially in the black community, to teach our kids that they can change themselves and their environment. They actually have the power to do it. They can change their thoughts. They can change their feelings. They can change their body on a molecular level. They can change their own behaviors. Giving them the tools is where is the discrepancy between rich and poor. Because rich, 
they might all they might have the tools. We got to give our kids the tools. And if we can't have the tools ourselves, then we can't give them the tools because we ain't got the tools. So like I said, we got to work on ourselves for our kids, but we got to work on ourselves for ourselves. And our kids are ourselves. We're all the same. We're all the same. We're different expressions of the same thing. Be well, be love, and I will talk to you soon. And if you're interested, I do have a, um, a meditation that I've been learning to repeat, like I've been learning to, to know it by heart, that I want to share with you guys. So you can end the episode right here. I thank you so much. And if not, keep listening. I'm going to share with you this meditation. Peace. That which I seek is seeking me. I let go of how it will come to me and I focus on my heart's desire. My higher self within me knows how to make it happen, so I just relax and let go. Everything that's necessary for the fulfillment of my desires is lovingly and harmoniously drawn to me. I accept this or something better. I am ready, receptive, and grateful, and so it is.